if I'm being honest, sending emails for my business is so hard for me. It's like a stake in the ground that's telling anybody that's on my email list, I am serious about this business. This is not a hobby. This is serious. I have something to offer that can help you and I would love for you to buy from me. Not a natural salesman. So email writing for my business is hard. We're going to talk about email writing in this episode. Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 28. This episode is titled, How to Improve Email Writing. Now, you may not have noticed, but the last couple of episodes have been about the writing mindset, the mindset that we business owners have to or need to bring in to our businesses. Now, episode 27 was titled, But I'm a Bad Writer, and I talk about three truths and three tips to combat that mindset that's really holding you back. And then the episode prior to that, episode 26, was titled, How to Write a Sales Email to a Warm Audience. So if you have some people in your audience already asking for a product, hey, that may be an episode that you need to check out. It's pretty quick and it gets straight to the point about how to write to a warm audience. They already know about that product. They're kind of expecting for you to write an email or a couple of emails. Check out episode 26 and then 27. But let's talk about this episode specifically. In the very first couple of seconds of this episode, I came clear and clean and said that email writing for me is hard in my own business because it's putting a stake in the ground and telling the readers, I am seriously selling here. I'm taking this business to heart. It is not just a hobby and it's not just something that I do for fun. It is for real. And for somebody like me who came from public education, so I did not come from a background of small business ownership, this is an obstacle that I really have to fight against. But what I have learned, and many of you already know this, so I admit that I'm a slow learner. If you are in small business, you are a salesman, whether you like it or not. Because if we don't openly, clearly, and confidently tell people what it is that we're selling, then we really don't have a business. We just have a hobby and most of us want a business. So this episode is about getting over the hurdle of email writing. I've got five actions that I'm going to share. These are things that I have done in the past. I've researched them and they've, these five things have really helped me get over the hurdle of writing emails to my audience. And I will say that the thing you have to do is you actually have to just write the emails. 
they come easier the more you write. But isn't that true with every skill or every action in life? Okay, let's head to action number one. Determine the purpose of the email. So, is your email a newsletter? Is the email that you're sitting down to write, is it a newsletter? Is it something that you send out monthly or weekly or maybe every other week? And in that newsletter, you maybe have a compilation of things. It may have some news about what's going on in your business. It may have a funny quote. That's what I mean by a newsletter. Or is it a product update? So sometimes in small business, we really do have a product that we just restocked and we need to let our audience know. And so guess what? We sit down and send an email out. We put it on social media. That's what I mean by a product update. Is it a sales announcement? Do you have a discount coming up and you need to let your audience know? Is it a product launch? So this is something brand new or maybe it's not brand new, but you only release it every couple of months or once a year. And so you've got to get the information out there that it's about to happen, that they can purchase this. Or is it just encouragement? Sometimes I receive emails from the people that I follow, that I subscribe to their list, and it really is just encouragement. It'll be just a random Tuesday, and you open it, and it tells you in in a couple of paragraphs to, hey, keep going. So the first step as a business owner who writes effective emails is we have to sit down and determine our purpose. I think that is a huge problem. I know it was for me, and I think it is for a lot of my clients as well, that we hear the term email, and that is so broad. What we need to ask ourselves is, what we need to ask ourselves is, what am I doing in this email? So once you get very clear about your purpose of this email, then you can start writing. So are you really sharing some news and updates? And this is something that you do on a regular basis, a consistent basis. Most people would call that a newsletter then. Or is this something that is product and service driven, meaning it's a sale, it's a launch, it is something that's been restocked. So know your purpose because by knowing your purpose, you have now taken this huge category of email and you have narrowed it down to, I am sitting down and writing to my audience about blank. And inside that blank, you fill in what is your purpose with that email. Oftentimes, we try to do way too much in one email. Get clear on what your focus is. What is your purpose? Action step two. And this one may be the most important. Maybe not, but it is really important. Have fun and don't be afraid to be different. I think one of the reasons that a lot of small business owners give me pushback when I talk to them about writing email is they don't want to be a nuisance 
in their customer's inbox. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that mindset further into the podcast, but I want to frame it right now in the fun and different light. There are certain people that when their emails land in my inbox, I open them. And you know why? Because their emails are fun and different. They are not scared to sound unlike all the other in I'm sorry, all the other emails landing in my inbox. They're just not scared. They just let the rough end drag. And I don't mean that their grammar is horrible, but what I'm trying to say is they know their audience well and they have fun with writing emails to that audience. For example, there's an email I opened several years ago and I'm still talking about it today. So this lets you know that it did leave an imprint in my mind. And one of my favorite writers, Tarzan K, she has a picture of her laying across her Range Rover. And she goes on to talk about how she is putting that Range Rover up for sale because during uh, the pandemic, so obviously it wasn't that long ago. I apologize. The email wasn't that long ago. During the pandemic, she no longer needs to drive anywhere. So she is selling her Range Rover and she goes on to talk about how that affects her business. She's a copywriter as well. I'm telling you that story to say she had fun with that email. She knew that was a silly picture and she knew it would grab people's attention. And she knew that people open her emails to get a laugh, to have fun with it. And yes, she's a copywriter and she sells hardcore in her emails and she does not apologize for that. But she has fun while she's doing it. She's not scared to be different. And that's what I want to encourage you is that we open or we don't open any longer because we get tired of the same old thing over and over again. That's what we think that we're going to be in someone else's inbox. But if we sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to have fun writing this email. I know I need to do it. Maybe writing is not my favorite task as a business owner but I might as well have fun doing it. That's what I want to encourage you is to realize you don't have to be like every other jewelry designer out there, every other fitness coach that sends an email, every other fill in the blank. Your emails don't have to read like that. They don't have to read like that. Have fun with it. Don't be scared to be different. Okay, on to the next action. And if you have listen to any of these podcast episodes, you probably could guess that this is going to be brought up. This action is going to be brought up in this podcast. So action step number three is to get really clear on who it is that you're writing to. One of the reasons that we dread email writing as a business owner is because we sit down to number one, a blank screen, and number two, with a blank face to write to. We do not know who we are addressing this email to. And I have spoken about this over and over and over again. That's a huge mistake. When we are very clear about who our ideal customer is, and then we're very clear with what is the purpose of our email, like the action step that I started this podcast with, then the writing comes so much easier. 
So action step three is to get clear on who it is that you're writing to. And you may be listening and realize, hey, Rachel, I have multiple streams of revenue. And that means I have multiple ideal customers. I understand that. Some of you listeners do. Well, once again, it goes back to action step one. What is the purpose of your email? If you're talking about a product specifically, if it's about a product launch or a product restock or service that you're bringing back, what which of your two or three ideal customers does that product or service speak to? That is the person that you sit down and write this email to. And so once again, then you add that action to have fun. What is he or she going to think is funny? What is he or she going to find poignant and very relevant to their life right now? That is the basis of your email as you create that purpose, as you reveal that this email is about selling a product or this email is about a service coming back or this is a newsletter. And so I'm sharing some things that I've learned along the way about fill in the blank and here are some helpful links that may help you learn. And by the way, here's a product that is also related to this. No, it's just a quick template of a newsletter that I made up just now. So action step three, know who it is this email is to. And if you still need help with that, please head to my site and grab the online course, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. If you buy the online course, it's less than two hours and it's about 20 bucks right now currently as of August, 2020. And what it does is it takes you through the steps of determining who your ideal customer is and writing a story about him or her. Therefore, you have something to reference back to when it's time to sit down and write an email and you're feeling uninspired. Well, guess what? You pull that story back out and you're reminded, this is who I serve. This is who I'm writing to. This is why why I, it's so urgent that I tell him or her about whatever your email is about. So if you are still struggling with who it is that you serve, you have not yet to get clear. I'm telling you, please get clear. It is something that I wasted three years on. And I've given this example before. It is like having people over to your house doing all of the work, but you didn't ask how many people are coming and what time they're showing up and do they have any allergies or strong dislikes to food. So instead of them, of five people showing up at six o'clock, 10 people show up at 4.30. Oh, and by the way, we have a severe peanut allergy and you have just cooked something in peanut oil. I don't know, I'm just making this up. But you get my point. As a business owner, we do all of this work and we skip a very basic step, which is to get earnest about who it is that we serve. Okay, so head to my site, inspiretoengage.com. It's all lowercase, no spaces, two is spelled out, T-O. And you will see a button there that says, grab your ideal customer story or you can head to the menu online courses. Like I said, it's currently um, 
priced around $20, and that's as of August 2020. So, quick recap. Action step one, determine the email purpose. That gives you clarity. Step two, have fun. Your emails do not have to sound like your competitors. It is a great idea to sign up for the email list of your competitors, but that doesn't mean your email to your audience has to sound exactly like theirs. And number three, when you sit down to write, picture your ideal customer as you write. I even sometimes at the top of my email put dear and I put her name. Then of course I go back and take it out before I actually send it. But it does. That simple little action gives my brain clarity. Okay, let's move to action step four. Write your email and then come back to it. This is so hard for me to do. But if I'm being really honest with you, it's a huge time saver. So what that requires for us to do is to know in advance that we need to send an email out. So we need to know that a couple of days in advance and block out time to sit down and write the first draft. The best thing, and I know you've heard other writers talk about this, the best thing is to simply write. Don't write and edit and revise all within one chunk of time. That is so, such a hard habit for me to break because in my head, I feel like I'm saving time doing that. Hey, I'll just write it and as I go, I'll make sure that I've spelled everything correctly and that I have my commas where they need to be and I'll also reread every sentence a good five or six times and alter it, that's called revision, as I go. But really, that's not the fastest time to write. So really push back against that habit if you're like me and struggle that struggle with that habit sit down and quickly write out your email one time set a timer for 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 45 minutes set a timer sit down and write and then leave it leave it don't do anything with it for a long time and when i say a long time i mean an hour or two days then come back to that email with fresh eyes and with your voice. So come back to that email and read it out loud to yourself. Out loud is the key. Don't just read it with your eyes. Read it out loud. Let it hear. Let yourself hear what it sounds like. Because by hearing what it sounds like, that's going to help you do a lot of revisions very quickly. So write it. Give yourself just a chunk of time. I'm going to write this email as fast as possible. I know what my purpose is. I'm going to have fun with it. I know exactly who I'm writing to. So here's my block of time. 45 minutes. Go. Then later that afternoon or two days later, come back with it with fresh eyes and a voice ready to read it out loud to yourself. That really will help you neaten up your language. It will help you shorten sentences that are just too long. It will help you to determine when you, when you need to press enter and leave a space between paragraphs. Remember, white space is your friend. It relaxes people's brains. It relaxes their eyes when they open an email and they see white space. So when you read things out loud, 
and your voice automatically goes, you take a little breath, that gives you a huge hint that a period may need to be there, a comma may, to, a comma may need to be there, or you really may need to press the enter key and let that white space, give it, give it some space, let that sentence or two air out. So that is very important. That is a fourth action step that's really going to improve your email writing is to write it quickly. Get your thoughts out and then come back and edit it and revise it. And in this same vein, have your husband or wife or best friend to then read it. Have somebody who is not close to the subject Maybe they know some about it because they're obviously close to you, but they didn't sit down to write the email. Have somebody else read it before you send it out to your audience because they probably will come back to you with a couple of questions that because you were so close to the subject, you just skimmed right over and thought, everybody's going to understand that. There's no reason for me to talk about that. And guess what? That person, your husband or wife or your best friend or your older son or daughter, will catch that and they will help you add a sentence or two there. Action step five, send the dang email. Okay, so I am screaming at myself here, but I also am screaming at you. See, here's the thing. When I am copywriting for another business or I am coaching another client, I have no trouble talking about the importance of email writing. However, in my own business, as I admitted at the very beginning of this podcast, I do struggle with this because I'm not a natural salesman, but I am changing my mindset. So let's talk about the importance of actually sending the emails. They get easier the more we send. That's like with anything in life, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Recently, though, as I was prepping for this podcast, I stumbled upon a study called The State of Email Marketing 2019. It was done by Demand Metric and Validity. And they talked to B2B and B2C businesses. And so, of course, I'm going to be talking about the B2C outcomes. So those businesses that sell directly to customers, to consumers. And one of their overarching findings was that businesses and firms that reported an increase in email effectiveness, so that means an increase in open rates or an increase in engagement, meaning people actually clicked on the links inside the emails or people hit reply and answered the questions that were asked in the emails. So businesses and firms that reported an increase in email effectiveness were more likely to report an increase in revenue for 2019. So I'm going to let that sit there for a second. The thing is, the reason we need to be writing emails is because everybody has a email address. People with purchasing power have email addresses. Even our grandmothers have email addresses and they may not be on Instagram. Now they might be on Facebook, but they may not be on Instagram. What I'm trying to say is some people still don't do social media. But almost all of us with purchasing power have email addresses. We have inboxes. So as a business owner, for us to say, nah, I don't, I don't write emails because I'm a bad writer 
or I don't write emails because I don't want to be a nuisance. Why are we walking away from the opportunity to speak to a lot of people? Something that everybody has. Everybody with purchasing power or almost everybody with purchasing power has an inbox. Now, there are several reasons why we feel like we're being a nuisance or if we really dig deep, we're scared of looking at our analytics or feeling like what we wrote did not go over well. Or maybe I'm talking to myself here, but I think there's other people out there like me. We are scared to look at our analytics, specifically our open rates, because we took our own time, we sat down, and we didn't just write it like social media where it's just going out to the masses. Of course, we have followers, but it's just a spray approach. No, this email was written specifically to people who have signed up to be on our email list. So it feels a little bit more personal. So then when it comes time to look at our open rate, we're scared to do it. But I want to share some things with you really quickly. For B2C businesses that participated in this research study, 37% of them reported an average open rate of only 11 to 15%. Now, I'm telling you this not to be a Debbie Downer, but for us to realize that when we go into our email service provider and look at our analytics for the last email that we sent, and we see something below 90%, well, heck, that's okay. That is perfectly fine. In fact, you're not likely to see 90% open rate. We know that on the surface, but still, we go to our analytics and we're shocked when we don't have 85% of our subscribers who opened our email. Yet, do we open all the emails that come through on our inbox? No. But let me get back to this data. Only 12% of the B2C businesses that participated in this email marketing research had an open rate of 25% or more. So I'm sharing these open rates with you to just give you a peace and a calmness for when you go to your analytics and you see how many of your subscribers opened, your, opened their emails. It's really common to see something like a 20% open rate. And if you're seeing more than that, kudos to you. You are doing well. You have people on your email list that want to be there and you are writing great emails. So kudos to you. No way, no how should we beat ourselves up if we're seeing an open rate of less than 90%. Okay. Another thing, if we're being really honest with ourselves of why we're so scared to press send on an email to our list is that we're scared of unsubscribes. We're so afraid of being seen as someone who's just constantly showing up in the inbox. Well, first of all, good thing because top of mind. We'll talk about that here in a second. But second of all, remember 
these people raised their hand somewhere along the lines and said, I want to be on this email list. It is no surprise to anybody these days that when a pop-up box comes up on our website or we offer a 10% discount or we offer a free download or fill in the blank and we put our name and email in that box, nobody's surprised that we then receive an email from that business. Okay? So these people raised their hand. They knew exactly what was going to happen, that they were going to receive an email from you. So we're good there. Be good with that relationship. But back to the unsubscribes. I want to tell you that we've got to change our mindset there. If someone unsubscribes from our list, they are actually doing us a huge favor. That's actually a show of love, in my opinion. It, it really is. Because what we know is that our open rates suffer drastically when we have a list full of people that don't care about our business. No wonder our open rates are horribly low. If we have a bunch of people who signed up four years ago or their husband signed us up to get the discount on the gift that he was buying us, whatever. If we have a list full of people who are no longer interested in our business, it's going to cost us more money with our email service provider. It causes trouble landing in people's inboxes. And it makes our open rates look horrible. So when someone unsubscribes from you, it's actually an act of love. It really is. Because it's saving us time in the long run of having to go back, going late, going back later and cleaning them out. I know you have probably, probably received an email or two from businesses that said, hey, we noticed from our files that you haven't opened anything in the last year. If you don't want to receive our emails anymore, don't do anything. We're going to remove you next week. However, if you want to continue receiving our emails, you know, please hit reply. Well, guess what those businesses are doing? They are going through and cleaning out their email list because when they look at their analytics, they want to have an email list of people who care about being on that email list. So someone who unsubscribes from our list is actually doing us a service. Start looking at it like that. Wish them well and move on. Because think about how many emails do you receive that you don't open right away? Yet, if you were really frustrated with that business, if you were really angry that they kept showing up in your inbox, all you would do would be to open the last one that you got, scroll to the bottom, and hit unsubscribe. But yet, a lot of us don't do that. Because, and this comes back to a point I said just a couple of minutes ago, we actually like having those businesses in our inbox. Because we know that we may come back to that email later when we're looking for a piece of jewelry, we're looking for a specific gift, we're ready for fitness coaching, fill in the blank. So by we as business owners being willing to send the dang emails, we stay top of mind to our customers. They may not open everything that we send. They probably won't. Be good with it. Do you open everything that gets sent to you? No. But you also don't unsubscribe from everything that's sent to you that you don't open. 
And that's the same thing that our customers are doing as well. They like having us in, in the inbox because then they can go back to that email when they're ready to purchase or they have a couple of extra minutes. So send the dang email. And I want to leave you with one other thing before I go into a quick review. One of my favorite copywriters to follow is Janet Murray. And in one of her latest emails, she talked about the fact that when we get pushback from our customers, from our email subscribers about us selling inside our email, she says our immediate reaction is then to quit selling in our email. That's what a lot of us are afraid of is we don't want to be seen as salesy. We're so scared of being seen as salesy, but we're in business. We're not doing this as a hobby. We're in business, so we do have to sell. She said, and I love this mindset, I wanna share it with you. To solve this problem is to not quit is to not quit selling in your emails. It's to actually continue to sell in your email and actually sell more. There was a lot of actuallys there, I'm sorry. But to sell more. The thing is, is when people get accustomed to us mentioning products and services that we offer in our emails, when they get accustomed to that, they don't feel like they're cheated when all of a sudden we mention that we have a product or service that's perfect for them. If we only if we only send emails that are full of free, 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 free content, and of course, you know the deal, we should always be willing to give away things for free, especially knowledge. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but what I'm trying to say is, if people only give away free things, and then all of a sudden on email 15, they say, hey, by the way, here's a product I want you to buy. You do feel cheated. You do feel like they did you dirty. But yet, if we are accustomed to receiving emails from, from people who continually mention different things that they have for sale, we choose to buy sometimes and we choose not to buy sometimes. We're not offended. So I wanted to share that piece of advice with you. If you struggle with sending the dang email and you struggle with sending, with feeling like that you are being a nuisance or you're being salesy if you mention products and services of yours inside the email, you know what? The thing to do is to continue mentioning the products and services that you have for sale. Help condition your audience to the fact that I am in business and I am a fantastic business owner. I will bend over backwards to serve you well, but I am a business owner. And so because I'm a business owner, you are going to receive emails that I sell in because I'm in business. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Here's a quick review of five action steps that we can take to improve our email writing. Number one, determine your purpose of the email. That is like taking a 500 acres, it's so vast, it's so big, and narrowing it down to a four foot wide path that you're just going to walk down. So please, don't sit down to your computer and say, it's time for me to send an email. 
No, sit down at your computer and say, hey, it is time for me to tell my audience about blank. It is time for me to blank. Know your purpose of the email. Number two, have fun. Don't be scared to be different. I want to challenge you to think about some of your most favorite emails that you've opened or the people that you consistently open their emails. There's a reason. It's probably because the writer of that email is not scared to be a little different, to sound just a little bit different than the people in their niche. So have fun. Don't be scared to be different. Action step three, know exactly who it is this email is going to. That goes back to your purpose. Make sure you've got your purpose of your email, but be very clear with yourself, the ideal client that you're writing to. Picture this person as you sit down to write. Even at the top of the email, you may say, dear, and put your ideal client's name right there. Of course, delete it before you send it out. It might offend all the other people on your email list not named that person, not named that name. But it is a little action that you can do to help give your brain a clear directive. I am writing to this person. Action step four, write your email and leave it. This is really hard. Write it quickly. Set, your, set yourself a timer. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, write the email and then leave it. Leave it for a couple of hours or leave it for a couple of days. Come back to it with fresh eyes and a clear voice. Read that email aloud to yourself. It will save you so much time in the long run because by hearing it out loud, your brain catches the sentences that are really long or the awkward wording, where you need to add a period or a comma, or where you should just hit the enter button and leave some white space because there was a lot of information in those two or three sentences. And you know that if you struggle to read it out loud and you wrote the dang thing, then you definitely need to press enter, leave some white space so that the reader's brain can breathe as well. So write your email and leave it for a bit come back and read it aloud with fresh eyes and a clear voice. And before you press send, please have your best friend or your husband or wife to read it too, because they're not so close to the subject. They're going to be able to, pit, to pinpoint things that may be confusing to the reader. And action step five, send the email. Send the email. As with anything in life, the more you do it, the better you get at it. It will take you less and less time to write the email. You will become more comfortable looking at the analytics. You won't choke up if you see an open rate of less than 80%. And I keep saying those really high numbers because in the email marketing world, those are jokes. If you have an email open rate of 80 to 90%, please email me like now. We've got to talk, okay? Because those are jokes. They're so high. It's very unheard of. 25% or higher of open rates are considered really good for most niches. Are considered a really, that is considered a really strong open rate for most niches. 
So we got to send the email. We want to say we want to stay top of mind to our customers, to the people who've already raised their hand and said that they like what we're doing. They've signed up. They knew when they put their name and email address in that box that we were going to send them some emails. And if they really don't want to hear from us anymore, they will open one and scroll to the bottom and hit unsubscribe. You say that one, one, one word one more time, unsubscribe. And when they do, as hard as it is, we have to just say thank you. It was really an act of love, love for themselves. They're tired of he hearing from us and an act of love for us. We don't have to clean them out later and our open rates don't suffer because that they don't want to hear from us anymore. Okay. If this podcast episode has done anything for you today, please rate or review it. You as a business owner know the power of ratings and reviews. So I so appreciate you for taking that extra step. I know that it's an extra step. And so I appreciate it. And if you have an idea for a future podcast episode, please send me an email at rachel at inspiretoengage.com. That's all lowercase, no spaces, and two is spelled out, T-O. Rachel at inspiretoengage.com. And of course, if you don't already follow me on Instagram or Facebook, do so. It's once again, inspire to engage. And if you haven't gotten clear on your ideal customer, head to my site and grab creating an ideal customer story. Now I will say this in the month of September, I am offering live in-person teaching of that course over two days in September. If you want that, you will, you will find it. If you head to my site, inspire to engage forward slash online courses. Now you need to be enrolled by the end of August, August the 28th. And I will say I'm only taking five business owners. So there's not a lot of spots, but it, it's so that we can have engaging conversation and really get this figured out for you so that as you go into quarter four, 2020, which has been crazy, but as we go into quarter four, we know Christmas shopping will still happen. It's, it's still going to happen. You are clear on who's most likely to buy from you. Okay. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye.